Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in to see my workshop on understanding worry. This workshop is focused on psychoeducation about worry and anxiety, why we worry and what is going on in our minds that keeps our worry going. So just before we get started, guys, um, I think it will be really helpful and useful for you if you grab pen and paper to jot anything that seems important or relevant to your life down. Don't just trust your memory um, because it's going to be packed with psychoeducation. And also, I would really like to encourage you to get rid of any distractions such as mobile phones and really find time and space where you can really focus on this workshop. That's why I pre-recorded this workshop so that you can watch it when and where it suits you rather than at certain time and date. So I'm just going to be sharing my screen with you in a second. And um, again, you know, thank you so much for tuning in. And I do hope um, that you get a lot of value from this. Um, if you have sent me a correct email address, you will also receive your freebies after this workshop. So if you haven't given me a correct email address, please do so now so that you can actually receive your workshop handouts. Thank you so much. So let's just get started. I'm just going to share my screen with you guys to get started. Um, fantastic, wonderful. And I hope you can see everything. So I'll just do the slideshow. Not really great in technical aspects. Right, so as I mentioned, we're talking about worry. And I'm guessing since you are here, you probably do struggle with some form of worry. Worry is a type of anxiety that sort of um, sort of presents itself as constant sort of chatterbox in our heads, whether it's during the day or during the night when it's really annoying. Um, but it's called general anxiety disorder. That's, that's a, another name for it. Um, so let's just get to it. And as I said, Please, you know, sort of try to think about what I'm saying in terms of how that relates to your own life so that you can actually understand it better, yeah, and make sense out of it. Right, so what will you be learning today in this workshop? So this workshop is hopefully going to be under one hour. Um, I'll try to <laughs> make it as fast as I can because obviously nobody wants to be here for hours. But what we're going to be learning, we're going to be learning about understanding worry. So all that is um, all that causes it, you know, what's what's going on, uh, trying to make sense out of it. The first thing we'll cover is what worrying is, as I said, how it happens, why it happens, what happens to our bodies when we worry a lot. Yeah, if you have been struggling with worry for uh, quite a while, um, you may have, you may know by now that basically anxiety in general and worry as well, uh, sort of. Uh, presents itself not just with psychological symptoms, yes, or the thoughts, the, the very unpleasant emotions, but also physical symptoms, which we will cover later on in, a, in the workshop. Um, then we will learn about positive and negative beliefs about worry. So that sort of will give you more of an understanding why you keep worrying um, and what keeps it going. Um, it may surprise you that we hold positive and negative beliefs about worrying. Both can actually keep us in a vicious worry cycle that's so hard to get out of, as you probably know. But obviously, we will be talking more during the workshop. And then we are looking at problem solving. So basically, um, if the worry is solvable, we should attempt to solve it. Here comes my six-step problem-solving kit, and you'll get a copy of this after the event. So we look at solvable and unsolvable worries, and you know what we can do about the worries that are solvable, yeah? So I hope you're excited. Let's just get into it. 
So some freebies that you will receive after the workshop, as I mentioned, is, is my six-step problem-solving kit. And if it seems to you like, oh my goodness, why is it six-step? Well, you don't have to apply all six steps um, into your problem-solving, but it's very useful to cover sort of more aspects of when we are facing a situation that we need to solve, because as anxieties, we are decision-making abilities are quite impaired. We sort of, when we are struggling with anxiety, we tend to not believe our own judgment and decisions as much. We sort of turn to other people for advice or opinion. So this six-step <laughs> problem-solving kit will help you sort of trust your decisions and judgment that little bit more. And we will also, you've also received, receive, and uh, we will go over a focus awareness training guide, or in other words, very basic mindfulness skills to gently bring your thoughts back from the future to the present. Yeah, so these are just some freebies that you're going to get. Then there's also a sleep planner that you can download to help you sleeping better, but we will go over it in the workshop. Right, so my name is, very quickly, my name is Ivana Franekova. I have been a psychotherapist specializing in CBT for the past 12 years. I'm also a life coach. Um, for the past six years, I have been mainly focusing on anxiety and obviously uh, different areas, anxiety impacts, so such as low self-confidence, low self-esteem, assertivity issues, and similar uh, things to that. Um, in, um, I've been, I'm very, very honored to have been <laughs> featured in Psychologist magazines in February 2022. It's actually on sale now, depending on when you're watching this workshop, um, but I'm actually talking about worry. So I'm giving some tips on how to uh, postpone worry and um, other tips. So I'm really, really pleased if you guys can, um, you know, depending on, again, when you're watching it, I grab your copy now. Um, these are just some of the other articles that I've done for different publications in the UK. Um, so what is worry? So guys, if you sort of like, obviously you are watching this workshop on demand, so pre-recorded version. If this was a live version, I would by now be asking you what, what is your definition of worry. So if you need to, every time sort of I'm asking a question, you can pause this video and really spend some time thinking about what things mean to you. So if I just ask you what, what does worrying mean to you? What is worry to you? Think about it and perhaps write it down or you know, just gently muse over what I'm saying. So while worrying and feeling nervous is something that all human beings experience, as with many things in life, too much of something is not good for you. So normal anxiety, so normal, normal anxiety is, you know, normal worries, yes? Yeah? So normal worries will pop into our heads. Um, we would sort of, if, if it's something that we can solve, we will sort of start problem solving, or, you know, if it's not solvable, then we will sort of close the book on those worries. But it becomes a problem, but it is excessive, so we can't stop worrying. It feels uncomfortable, so it sort of creates really distressing feelings inside of us. It's experienced as intrusive in our life. Yeah, so whatever we're doing or whatever we're trying to do in a day or at night, it just always seems to be like persistent, like hanging around. Oh, that's, that's my next point. And it causes us um, significant distress or impairs our ability to go about our day-to-day -day life, yes? Yeah? So um, if you are at this stage, it's, it can be quite debilitating when you literally, you know, can't seem to be able to turn this boring off no matter how hard, how hard you try. 
Um, so let's talk about negative impact of unhealthy worries. So lack of assertiveness, which is very, very common with social anxiety and low self-confidence issues. So these would be um, very obvious in, you know, quite a few um, anxiety types, social anxiety, as I said, worry, um, other types of anxiety, also long mood can be present with this kind of anxiety. Sleep problems, so now the chatterbox in our heads just turns on, uh, causing us, in, um, you know, causing inability to sleep, nightmares, and we sort of spend maybe even the whole time planning ahead. Um, so this is this is obviously then causes us, um, you know, the next day we're going to be very tired, unable to function. So again, think whether this is how you're impacted and, um, you know, how it uh, sort of, what are the costs of living like this? Yeah, when you don't sleep and then you just spend the whole day just um, basically really tired, exhausted, and what have you really solved? Yeah, so this is something that is very important for us to look at. Did that worrying at night actually solve anything? And then we are restless. We sort of catastrophize, imagine and predict the worst. Uh, and we also project our worries onto loved ones. So perhaps, you know, the relationships are fractured because people <laughs> um, people sort of always expect us to be worried and to be sort of confessing in them, confining in them and, you know, asking for opinion and advice. It can be also exhausting for the other parties, our loved ones, families and friends. And we are also enabled to imagine how we could cope um, with the worst outcome predictions. So anxiety in its basic form, if I sort of can explain it to you, anxiety means that we overestimate the problem that we're facing and we underestimate our ability to deal with the situation. Yeah? So our, our judgment is a little bit impaired. Yeah? So we see the problem as much bigger than it really is. And we also underestimate our resources and our abilities to cope with the problem. And that is why uh, anxiety can feel so unpleasant. But there's so many other negative impacts of unhealthy worry. Think about how that worry affects you. Yeah, your love, your life, your loved ones, your friends. So let's little bit talk about worry signs and symptoms of worry. So you will probably be very familiar with these. So chronic worries running through our head. So they occur over and over like a broken record. Uh, it's just, yeah, we sometimes, you know, when the worry goes on for such a long time, we are not even able to point out what, what triggered it. Trigger can be anything. It can be a thought popping into our head. It could be a color. It could be a situation. It could be TV news. So anything can trigger an episode of worry. Then we have uncontrollable anxiety, having a strong desire to be in control of our emotions, yeah, yet feeling as if the anxiety and worry has taken control over us and there's nothing we can do to stop it, yeah. And this is something that is really, really important. Do you feel like you need to have a control over that anxiety and that you don't, you don't have that? Um, so sometimes I even have clients on the phone and during complimentary consultation, they'll tell me, well, at home, I'm completely able to control my anxiety, but it's just when I go out, it's just the control stops. So we do somehow feel like we need to be always in control. Yeah. Then we have intrusive thoughts. So no matter no, no matter how much we try not to worry, not to think about things that make us nervous, these unwanted thoughts keep popping back into our mind. 
and hating uncertainty, wanting to know what is going to happen, yeah? So worry and anxiety is all about future events that haven't happened yet, and we don't really know for sure because obviously we can't predict what's going to happen in the future. We don't know what's going to happen, but we are sort of preparing ahead uh, so that we are prepared for every single scenario, and usually scenarios in our heads are the worst-case scenarios. Um, and for us warriors, it really is difficult that we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And that uncertainty is driving that anxiety even higher. So also feeling restless, feeling keyed up, um, on edge, unable to relax. Yeah, again, think about whether what I'm saying relates to you. Being physically tense, yeah, feeling nervy or uptight and having tightness or stiffness in the muscles of your body. Sleep disturbance is a big one with worry, having trouble falling asleep, maintaining sleep or experiencing unsettled sleep because our mind is constantly ticking over a bit worry. We're <laughs> just these thoughts, just we're unable just to switch it off, even though we wish we could. Problems concentrating and focusing on a task at hand. Procrastinating is a big one as well with worry about getting things done, putting things off because it all feels too much and too overwhelming. So I just, it's just easier not to do it. So we will avoid or escape uh, tasks and situations that we are facing and avoiding situations in which we worry or get anxious and nervous, yeah? This sort of also applies to social anxiety where we may struggle with delivering presentations. So we will uh, come up with excuses not to come to work that day or just before we are uh, going to go into presentation room, we make something up some physical illness and get a colleague to step in. So that's, it's, it's a big thing, um, avoiding situations in social anxiety also. So let's have a look at what, what, what is a worry and what started off. So if you look at these two words, what if, if you take them individually, they're normal words, they don't really uh, do much, they don't cause us so much distress, but put them together and we've got a worry avalanche if we're not careful, yeah, if we're not, if we, uh, if we let it basically. So let's take a look at some of the what if worries that we may be having. So I'm using this particular example. It's just an example. Obviously, you will have different, different uh, chain of thoughts. So what if I lose my job? Yeah. So then sort of the snowballing effect can go into, well, you know, you are, this is all your thinking process, just to make it clear. So then the, the answer to yourself would be, I won't be able to support my family. My family will be so disappointed in me. They won't be able to stand having me around. They may leave me. So as you can see, I'm predicting the worst case scenarios and it's really going to keep me distressed and uh, in pain. Yeah, I'm really, really stressed. I'll have no one. I'll have nothing. I can't lose my job. But there are so many cutbacks going on. What if I'm next? Yeah, so it can go on for a long, long time. It's basically uh, this gentleman will be worrying like this nightly, daily, basically, um, feeling horribly physically sick, you know, uh, psychological symptoms as well. Um, and basically, that just seems like a no way out here yeah, when, when, when it comes to worrying like this. So this is actually a really debilitating situation. So think about what kind of chain of thought have you been having recently about your worry? Yeah, so what was it that triggered it for you? What were the first what if? Uh, what, what was that first thought, first what if thought for you? Yeah. 
maybe even write it down. You know, I would really like to encourage you to work for this uh, workshop, actually working with me, and uh, because only then you can really relate what I'm saying to your own life and your own situation. But guys, if I told you now that our initial what if negative thoughts are not the problem, would you be quite surprised? It's how we respond to that negative thought that is the problem, yeah? Because that first thought, what if I'm going to lose my job, is perfectly normal and it needs to be accepted and even expected when there are going when there are cutbacks going on at work yeah because it's absolutely normal probably every single person in that company will have that thought so that first thought what if is not a problem is how we respond to that problem and now we're going to get into really deep um, understanding about what is going on and what keeps that what if thought you know what keeps us answering to our own thought so we have something called unhelpful beliefs about worrying that really um, sort of have a large um, sort of, they sort of impact our worrying, um, worrying episodes so much. So let's take a look at those. So we have something called positive beliefs about worrying. Let's have a look what they are. Worrying helps me find solutions to problems. Yeah, so people sort of, um, tend to think that if I prepare, um, if I prepare and I need to prepare in every single scenario, then I will know how to cope with it. But unfortunately, we don't know whether, whether what we're predicting will happen. So this is sort of, uh, while we need to prepare to some extent, because obviously that's a normal worry and the, uh, the normal, normal sort of problem solving response, but when we sort of keep worrying, you know, looking for solutions to the problem that haven't even happened yet, and we do suffer. Worrying helps me understand problems. Worrying motivates me to do things. Worrying prepares me for the worst. Worrying helps me avoid bad things. Worrying prevents bad things. Worrying is doing something rather than doing nothing. And worrying shows I care. So guys, again, if you just want to pause this video for a moment and just look at these positive beliefs and see whether any of these apply to you, because this is what will keep you in a worrying cycle. So do you sort of relate to any of these beliefs? And as I said, you know, to some extent, all of these are true, but it's just that how much how much importance we give that first thought, how much importance and whether we hug it too close, you know, and then just keep, you know, going on and on about different answers to that first question or how much we push it away, that's what's going to keep us in the worry cycle. So if we go back to this gentleman now, the first thought that we had, what if I lose my job? All these answers, as you can see, if I go back now, he basically believes, he has these positive beliefs about worry. So he's preparing or over-preparing richly for the worst, yeah? Because he has those positive beliefs about worry. So it's sort of like snow avalanche, as you can see. So it sort of starts small, but then it's sort of, as you, as you go down, there's sort of more worries coming in and... Um, by now, probably you would feel some, some low mood as well, because obviously it's so debilitating and the prospect of the future is so bleak. Um, it's really tough to deal with it. Yeah, but we don't even know at this point whether what we uh, sort of preparing for is going to happen. Then we have something called negative beliefs about worrying. So let's have a look at that and what it does to our worrying. 
So in, in addition to these specific things we worry about, we also worry about the fact that we worry. So it's anxiety about anxiety. Obviously, anxiety does create, does present itself unhealthy anxiety, I should say, does present horrible um, psychological and physical symptoms. Um, but guys, if I tell you a secret, like, you know, this is just a, this is just a thing that I uh, sort of tell my clients to help them understand how important and even valuable anxiety processes are. So our brains alone cannot distinguish between good and bad anxiety. It's basically, basically, you know, it's the meaning that we give to events that will determine whether your anxiety will be good, whether it will feel good or bad. So let's say you had, you just had a baby, you are sort of ecstatic, but that's also caused by anxiety. If you're just getting married, also you will feel nervous. That's anxiety as well. But because we give you give it a happy meaning, you feel good. So anxiety can feel good or bad depending on the meaning that you give it, yeah? So start being aware of what kind of meanings you're putting in a, on a situation and how that then uh, presents itself, that anxiety. So it's all about we decide how we're going to feel in simplest terms. So in this case, when it comes to negative beliefs about worry, we may be concerned that worrying is bad for us, which is true, again, to some extent, yeah, very stressed people do tend to have more physical problems, physical illnesses. Um, so, and we hold negative beliefs about the activity of worrying, yeah, so we believe if it feels this bad, it must be really, really bad for us. So let's have a look at what else we may believe. So we believe that worrying is dangerous and will cause either physical or mental harm. Yeah. So if I keep worrying like this, I'll go crazy. I'll have a breakdown. I'll have a burnt out. Yeah. But all this can be also true if, if really is going on for many years. And there's actually, you know, you are you feel like you're in, unable to, um, you know, st stop, pause it, stop it or, you know, just um, sort of have more control over it. And also we believe that worrying is, a, is uncontro uncontrollable and will take over and result in the loss of control. So if I can't control my worrying, it will never stop, yeah. So these are sort of some of the beliefs, you know, sort of um, feeding off the uh, negative beliefs. So I have no control over my worrying. Once I start worrying, I can't stop. My worrying is uncontrollable. My worrying will never end. My worrying controls me. I can't do anything to stop my worrying. And guys, think about whether this is you. So how many of the negative beliefs about worry can you relate to? And how many positive beliefs about worry can you relate to? Obviously, we are in a pre-recorded workshop. So if you need to go back at any point and listen to the previous slides, do that. Because obviously, you know, the psychoeducation is so important. I find, especially with um, mental health problems like anxiety, um, when we don't know about something, we are more afraid of it than we need to be. So once that psychoeducation is in place and we start being aware of our own thought processes and how we respond to situations and in situations, it literally frees us. And it frees us and it gives us the strength to seek help, yeah? Because guys, you know, you are here because you worry, but I'm going to be telling you about my program that focuses on overcoming this debilitating worry that you may be feeling, but later on in, a, in the workshop, I'll tell you about it. So what keeps worrying going? Let's have a look at that. 
So there will be some unhelpful strategies that we may do to help us. And I would be quite interested to hear your own strategies, guys. So pop it down on a paper if you can. What helps you? And obviously, what I'm hearing from clients, you know, we all have strategies in place. We all have helpful behaviors that help us, whether that's physical or you know, they do reading, something like that. But, you know, don't use this as a distraction. That's very important. Yeah, do not try to do it as a distraction. You always have to remember that that first body thought, that first thought that pops into your head, just be very relaxed about it, you know, because it's very normal. I would be worried if you didn't have that thought, if something was going on in your life. And again, guys, Another thing is, you know, that we live in a world that is unpredictable. So unfortunately for warriors, this is this is really difficult. But we are in no way knowing of what's going to happen tomorrow. But would it even be useful to us if we were to know everything about tomorrow? But anyway, that's something called um, intolerance of uncertainty. But again, uh, in the next slides. So back to unhelpful strategies, uh, how to sort of control the worry. So we will... People who worry will often attempt unsuccessfully to stop the boring thoughts in unhelpful ways. So some of these are mental strategies and others are behavioral. Mental strategies may include suppressing worries. So telling ourselves to stop worrying. Yeah, even if even when that first thought comes into our head, we are already on defense. Oh my God, no, no, no. So we're trying to, you know, just push it away or, you know, doing, doing the other thing, like pull it closer. Yeah, and then that worrying cycle starts. Trying to reason without worrisome thoughts. So the likelihood of these things happening is so small. Frantically distracting ourselves, e.g. Um, trying very hard to focus on something else. Yeah, so it's distraction methods that don't work. Or thinking overly positively, everything will be okay. If we are really in a pickle, in a difficult situation, uh, telling ourselves that everything will be okay, our brain isn't going to believe you. So we always have to be a little bit more realistic, you know, come up with different thoughts than just everything will be okay. So it's a very sugary, sweet, sort of motivational speaker kind of sentence. Uh, if we are about to really lose the job, everything will be okay, isn't going to work for us. We're not going to believe it. Yeah. Behavioral strategies may include excessive reassurance seeking from others, to ease our concerns, yeah. So constantly contacting a loved one to check if they are okay or to discuss the things that worry you, yeah. So you'd be constantly on a phone, you'd be known in the office for someone who doesn't know how to make a decision, you may be called indecisive, all kinds of things can be going on for you. And also excessive information seeking, so using internet to check everything that you're worried about, yeah. So that again will, will be sort of like a seem like a useful strategy, like a positive, positive strategy that you are preparing. But again, if it's in excess, it's going to cause you more problems than good. And then we also do excessive list making to stop worries. Yeah. So um, if you have a list of things to do, it sort of makes us feel like we are again in control. We may be using drugs, alcohol, or food to dull our worries, or Again, avoiding situations that trigger episodes of worry. So not watching the news because it is usually a source of worry. Guys, avoidance and escape techniques. Um, they are sort of typical behavior, sort of safety behaviors in any type of anxiety. It doesn't matter where sort of you fall into, um, you know, 
it, the avoidance and escape is a very, very common behavior strategy that lots of us are using. While it sort of creates temporary relief in the long term, it's not really helpful, yeah, because we don't, we never really learn that our worries or or, catastroph or catastrophizing thoughts do not come true. So let's have a look at challenging uncertainty in life. Um, as I mentioned, uh, uncertainty um, is what causes that, what sort of pushes that worry um, even higher because we simply don't know what's going to happen. Um, so we have to be prepared for every eventuality that, that is correct. Uh, whilst also trying not to really overthink the situations and over catastrophize, which is obviously harder uh, to do than for me to say if you have been warrior for a long, long time. But let's have a look at, you know, if I just ask you a few questions, guys, and really think about these. Is it really possible to be certain about everything in life? And what are the advantages of requiring certainty in those situations versus disadvantages or how is needing certainty in life helpful or unhelpful do you tend to predict bad things will happen just because they are uncertain uncertain sorry is this a reasonable thing to do what is the likelihood of positive or neutral outcomes how likely is it that things you predict will happen think about it is it possible to live with a small chance that something negative may happen, given its likelihood is very low? Can you live with some of the uncertainties of life? How do you do this? And can you do this in other situations that you find difficult? And, you know, we all have friends that seem to sort of like slide through the life without any issues or any problems. So ask that friend that if, if you have a friend like that, ask them how they cope with uncertainty to see if you can learn a few tips from them. Because, you know, they they probably have their ways uh, that they're dealing with things. They probably say, oh, well, I, I don't worry. But, you know, like be curious, you know, like what is it that helps you? Yeah. So now we're going to be looking at differences between solvable and unsolvable worries. So basically, we're also going to be talking about six-step uh, problem-solving kit that I prepared for you and you will, re you will receive as your freebie after this workshop. First thing we have to look at, guys, is there a problem? Yeah, so this is something you need to ask yourself before launching into problem-solving. And when you look at your worries now, do you think that they are solvable or unsolvable? So is it a real and likely problem that you're concerned about? Is it a problem, is, is the problem something happening right now? Or is it something that is going to, that may or may not happen in the future? Yeah, so look at now, now in real life. Is the problem something that I have some control over? Yeah, so these are three very, very important questions to start with when you are tackling your worries. So let's just take a look at solvable versus unsolvable worries. So if you look at the left side and the right side, which one, just looking at them, which ones are solvable, which ones are unsolvable, I'll give you a couple of seconds to look through them. Yeah, so on the left, we have the falling gas bills are due and I don't have enough money to cover it. I have too many tasks to finish it. My child disobeys me. On the right, we have my spouse partner might have an accident. My child might join in the wrong drugs. So when we compare them, we can see that on the left, they are solvable worries. On the right, 
they are not really solvable because they are all based in the future and we have no way of knowing what what will happen or you know how it will happen so we uh, so these are on this side are unsolvable worries yeah so how to solve problems six step system and guys, this system may seem a little bit long-winded to you, but don't forget that warriors do have that sort of, um, well, we, we have a distorted view on things, you know, so we will see the problem bigger than it is. And because of that, our abilities to make a decision or to trust our own decision is impaired. So we don't have, we don't sort of make a decision and just close the book and move on. We will worry about that decision also. So putting more steps into problem solving will help us be more confident that we explored every other avenue. And by all means, you know, this is a new skill that you're going to be learning. Uh, so be patient with it and only sort of use the aspects that you feel are valuable. But the aim of this is to sort of recognize, um, you know, like how different it is to work on solvable worries and unsolvable worries, and also trust your own judgment and decision. So step one, obviously identify defined problems. So if I don't have any money this month to pay for the bill, so that would be the problem, yeah? So try to state the problem as clearly as possible. Be objective and specific about the behavior, situation, timing, and circumstances that make it a problem. Describe the problem in terms of what you can observe rather than subjective feelings, yeah? So in psychotherapy, especially in CBT therapy, we work with facts rather than opinions or, um, feelings yeah so we work with facts so factually define the problem so then you've got something concrete to work with step two generate possible solutions options list all the possible solutions yeah so obviously for this you need a paper pen and paper you need a computer you can also use your phone you know as notes record your uh, some clients find it easier to record their um, options be as creative as possible Forget about the quality, just think about everything that you could be doing. And if you allow yourself to be creative, you may come up with some options that you would not have otherwise thought of. Yeah? So just let yourself, let that creati creativity really flow. Step three, list advantages and disadvantages of the top three or four plans. Yeah? So sort of look at the three or four plans on top of your list and list advantages and disadvantages. And by all means, guys, again, I <laughs> I get that it's, um, it seems like a long way, but, um, you know, if you by this point can trust your decision, just looking at your list and picking one and you have to be there, you don't have to do this step. But if you're still unsure, you know, do this. Step four, choose the best solution and work on your action plan. Specify who will take the action, when the plan will be implemented and how the plan will be implemented. Yeah. So put all these steps into your plan. Step five, implement your plan. And step six, evaluate the outcome and how effective the plan was, and especially what you learned from this, uh, from this experience. Decide whether the existing plan needs to be revised or whether a new plan is needed to better address the problem, and that is absolutely fine. If you're not pleased with the outcome, return to step two to select a new option or revise the existing plan and repeat the remaining steps. So guys, you're going to get a handout of this 
of this six-step system. Uh, you will get that in your email. If you haven't given me correct email, please um, email me on booking at anxietycurse.com so that I have your email somewhere to send this um, handout to. Very, very important because if I have wrong email, I can't send it to you. So guys, you know, I appreciate that some of you are here to just learn about worry, but I will. I know that some of you are here to actually get help for, um, you know, get help for overcoming, ex overcoming excessive worry and stress. You're here to learn possibly more. Um, so I'm just going to introduce you quickly to my worry program, but don't leave yet because at the end, uh, towards the end, we are also going to be talking about focus retraining exercise, as I mentioned in the beginning, um, that handout you will also receive. So I'll just quickly go over how I can help you. And what I do to help uh, to to help clients overcome excessive worry and stress, uh, but also at the end we have that fantastic focus retraining exercise as well that you will receive a copy of. Again, make sure I've got your right email. Right, so I guys do six weeks program called Mastery of Worry. This is individual. I've been running it um, as an individual program up until December 2021. From January, we've just, we're just starting on the 16th of January, fully booked. So you can't get on the program on that day, but I've got still some spaces left towards the end of January. So this is a group program for 10 uh, attendees only. That's the website. I'm also popping a link underneath this video so you can sort of see more information. And um, let's, let's just have a look at the details. So Mastery of Worry is a group program that you are invited to. It's a six weeks program where every single session will be recorded. We will have 90 minute live weekly sessions. So if you can't come on a day and every session is going to be recorded, um, dedicated Facebook group, guys. So I just set up a Facebook group where all our sessions will be recorded to all our, um, you know, all our downloads that we need for our homework, for our practice skills. Everything will be in this Facebook group. Um, and you are very, very welcome and encouraged to share your experience with Rory. So we just sort of create a community led by, obviously, a therapist and coach by, by myself. Um, so everything will be overseen by me. Uh, we will be sort of uh, motivating and encouraging each other. And I think this is going to be, this is such a powerful tool to have where we can really learn from each other and learn with each other. And of course, you know, you will receive at the end of the program, you will re receive your own relapse and prevention plan. So you will always have those tools with you. So, you know, with anxiety, we do tend to relapse, which is, you know, to be expected because obviously life, as again, we said, is unpredictable, full of surprises. We have good years, we have bad years, you know, uh, the family grievances, you know, family uh, celebration. So, you know, you need to be sort of prepared to cope with any situation in the future. So you will have a strong relapse and prevention plan after the workshop and blueprint for all the tools and techniques covered. And you will have a one year access to that Facebook group as well. So this is a structured and focused therapy and coaching program where program will combine uh, cognitive behavior therapy, life coaching, and mindfulness. So let's have a look at what we will be uh, overcoming and what we will be getting help with. Uh, so the biggest thing probably is improving sleep quality by targeting endless nightly worrying. Many of my clients struggle to sleep at night. Um, insomnia is very common because that chatterbox is sort of really working at night. 
So that will be improved. We will be looking at um, sort of what we do before sleep, you know, sleeping hygiene, all sorts of things. We will be able to postpone the worry. Again, that's something I'm talking about in my psychology, in the psychologies magazine. Um, so we will learn how to live in a moment, yeah, rather than focusing on future uncertainty. So we will be using focus retraining, mindfulness. We will be able to sort of increase our awareness by recognizing worry triggers and our mental and physical reactions to it. We will learn how to accept uncertainty. We will sort of learn how connected our mind and body is, how they feed off each other. Yeah? So we can break the worry cycle either by, um, you know, either inside our minds or with our bodies as well, because the body will be responding to the um, psychological mind with um, tension, with um, feeling sick, going to the toilet, you know, all sorts of problems, as you probably know. We will learn how to reduce tension by using simple relaxation method and much more. But as I said, you know, the, you will also leave with your own toolbox and uh, master your worry, worry blueprint and relapse and prevention plan for the future. This is something that is very important to me. You know, I don't just leave clients uh, go on the journey um, without these things because I think it's very important to have something to fall back on and to always refer to. Plus we will have those sessions, those group sessions recorded as well. So just imagine having a toolbox full of worry management techniques ready to use in any situation, not just for now, but for the future. Yeah, so that's, I think the biggest power of this program. So it equips you literally with a lifetime help and support, something to always fall back on. Yeah, so just program overview again in detail. So we will learn what GAD is, what worrying is, negative beliefs about worry, um, neg negative beliefs about positive beliefs about worry, negative beliefs about worry, attention focused training, sleeping patterns, sleeping hygiene, helpful thinking, helpful behaviors, mind body connection, tension, accepting and tolerating uncertainty, tolerating distress, problem solving, and self management. So putting it all together. Yeah, 90 minute sessions, as I said. So Mastery of Worry Programs is a six weeks mastery of worry program. This is the group program that we are talking about. It's 350 pounds all inclusive. It in includes all that I have mentioned, which massive tons of value. Um, when you think about it, it's six sessions, 90 minutes long. You know, the Facebook group, the blueprint, the um you know, all the management tools and techniques after the workshop, you know, access to Facebook group for a year and to the recorded sessions and that support from other members. So it's literally invaluable. But this is the price. Um, what's included again? So it's six minutes, six sessions, 90 minutes long, 10 attendees. So all this is actually, um, I'm including a link underneath this video. So you can actually have a look at uh, what that, what you're getting in this program ready to get started. So this is the website here. Yeah, so I'm just popping the link underneath this video. As I said, on the 16th of January, it's fully sold out. And I've got a few places available for the end of January, but I'm going to be adding more probably today. So let's just have a look at focus awareness exercise for unhealthy crippling anxiety. Guys, thank you so much for watching <laughs> this long. I hope you can still, you're still um, as excited as you as you were. I know it's a bit long now, but this is the, the final sort of tool that I'm going to teach you for today. And you will also receive your download on this, yeah? So let's take a look at what focus awareness is. So... T 
Training awareness is basically, um, you know, because when we worry, our mind and our thoughts are sort of based in the future. So what we need to do, we need to gently bring them back into the present. Because unfortunately, if we have, if you have been worrying for a long, long time, you will be, um, you will be missing out on a lot. Um, think about it, you know, how, how many hours out of 24 hours every day do you spend on worrying? Um, are you really present when you sit down with your family for dinner? Um, are you really present when you're watching the TV or are you procrastinating? When someone's talking to you, are you able to fully focus or is your mind elsewhere? So all these things are very important to be aware of because I recently had a a uh, lady on a phone, <clears throat> excuse me, and she was actually really sad. She was telling me, um, obviously, very, very high self-awareness going on. <clears throat> excuse me. And she was telling me, well, I have three grown-up children, and I literally don't remember anything from their childhood. And this is so sad, you know, like she spent so much time, so much of her time worrying, and in the future, she literally has very little memory of being with those children. Um, so think about it, really think about it. How much time do you actually spend in the day on the task, focusing on a task or even focusing on this, on what I'm saying? Is your mind sort of like, obviously we are talking about worries. So I'm actually asking you questions on purpose to think about it, but how good is your focus right now? Are you able to focus on me or are you distracted by other things? Think about it. So let's just sort of like do a simple exercise that you can gently bring that focus back into the present. So this is what you do. When walking to work or any other activity, when in a safe area, focus on things around you and really focus, guys. Notice the trees, what color they are, shapes. Notice your feet making subtle noises as you walk. Be more aware of the environment. For example, where you're sitting right now, where you're watching this video from, what's around you? Really look around you and notice things. Maybe you will feel like you're noticing them for the first time. See the texture, see the quality of things around you, see the colors, see the smells, all that, you know, like employ all your senses as much as you can. Um, obviously, when we've been boring for a long time, your brain is going to fight you because that's sort of like normal reaction. Your brain is going to be like, oh, what's going on? You know, I want to be in the future. I want to worry. I want to catastrophize. So you trying to bring it um, into the present will be difficult. So that's why I always say you need to practice these new skills um, when, you, when you are in a really, really relaxed and quiet situation, when you really can focus, yeah? Because if you're going to try this at the point of trigger, when you're already in a worry avalanche, it's not going to work. So always practice in calm situations first. So make a habit each day to focus on something. Yeah, even if you spend five minutes, that's more than enough for, to start with. When washing up, notice the bubbles, the warmth of the water. Relax your shoulders. Yeah, you know, start noticing where the tension is and your posture. <clears throat> this is a very good exercise for doing it in traffic as well. So when you're stuck in traffic, notice things around you. That new shop, for example, notice the colors of the cars. I actually quite like the uh, car game as well. That's, that's fantastic for, you know, sort of learning how to be in the present moment. So let's say if you really are stuck in traffic, try to see how many white, color, white cars can you see, how many red cars can you see. So play with your mind like that. 
not forgetting that your brain is going to be really shocked in the beginning because obviously we are warriors. We always, we like to live in the future, but, you know, just suddenly trying to be in the present, it's going to be quite difficult. But actually that's, that's the first step that you need to do to bring, to bring that focus gently from the future into the present. When a bit anxious, worried, or irritated in situations, begin spotting alternatives to focus on. And even if you can't right away, at least begin thinking about other things that you might focus on next time. Yeah. So, you know, if you can't do it for the first few times, don't give up. That's very important. Do not give up. If it, if it really doesn't work for you, by all means, you know, don't do it. But, you know, like if you, there will be sort of like setbacks and, um, but think of everything not as a failure, but as a feedback. So why didn't this work in this time? Well, I was already a little bit on the worry avalanche. Yeah. So, um, you know, prepare for the next time. Sort of give yourself that opportunity to try again and again. Yeah. Until you become really good at it. So gradually focus more and more in anxious situations, eventually building up to a level of good control generally. Yes, yeah, so of keeping that focus um, on the present. If you really struggle with it, guys, think about the rule three. So identify three things you can see, identify three things you can smell, and identify three things you can hear and really focus on them in turn, yeah? So this is very, very quick and easy exercise. Identify three things you can see, hear, and smell and really focus. So when you really become good at this, you will enter anxious situations or you know start having those worry thoughts, refocus, rebalance, pause that autopilot and remain in control. Obviously this takes uh, you know, quite a while to practice this. It's it is a new skill. If you are new to it, most of the people that I speak to who have been worrying for a long time, they will have a similar sort of um, tools in place. They will they will have learned about meditation, spirituality. You know, like learning how exercise, physical exercise, or going outside into the nature helps. So all those things, don't forget, are sort of uh, ways of mindfulness and meditation. So whatever you can do to help yourself do that, as long as you don't suppress those original what-if thoughts. So for uh, focus awareness, again, as I said, needs to be practiced in non-threatening situations first before you can successfully apply to anxious situation. And, um, you know, focus awareness is so important with other types of anxiety, especially social anxiety, where we struggle in social situations. Let's say performance anxiety. I'm actually creating a new workshop on that. So I will be really going into depth on focus awareness. It's, it's much more in depth. So look out for that workshop as well. Guys, so I really want to thank you for tuning in and watching this workshop. I hope it's been beneficial to you. Uh, as I said, you know, if you just want to sort of um, look out for my workshops, you know, the Facebook um, forward slash the uh, anxiety.curse. Um, I've got events on there. Um, I've, I'm, I'll be adding more and more. But if you want to really learn how to overcome that worry and stress, um, my, my program is extremely valuable. You will learn a lot. Whatever you do, I just want you to remember, you don't have to suffer like this. You can get your quality of life back or even for the first time that so many people tell me, well, I've never had that quality of life. But you can have that. You can have control over that. So, um, you know, by all means, if you're not ready to start with the program, you know, I book a complimentary consultation and 
I offer 15 minute consultation and I'll be able to sort of perhaps help more. But uh, I really look forward to seeing you at my next workshop. And again, thank you so much for um, watching this one. And I really hope you got a lot of value from it. Bye bye.